0: This
1: message is made available by the partners and friends of Breakthrough Miracle Life. Catch a live broadcast every Wednesday and Sunday on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and on Internet Radio at mixlr.com forward slash
0: B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U. I need you more. need you more more than yesterday i need you more more than words can say i need the air I breathe more than the song I sing more than the next heartbeat more than anything and Lord as time goes by I'll be by your side cause I never want to go back To my old life, I need you more. More than yesterday, I need. praise we give you glory and honor there
1: is none like you receive the glory the honor the power and the praise you deserve the glory you deserve the honor. we exalt you we magnify your holy name there is none like you Jesus thank you lord hallelujah hallelujah Come on, give Jesus a mighty hand clap of praise. Give him a mighty hand clap of praise. That's not a mighty hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I want to continue where we stopped on Sunday. We were talking about running your race. Amen. Amen. And um, I want to talk about focus today. Tell your neighbor, focus. Focus. Say, tell them again, focus. Tell them again, focus. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. You know, we first see the power of focus in the book of Genesis. Um, There's a man called Nimrod. Nimrod is leading a bunch of people
0: and they decide
1: we are going to build a tower that reaches heaven. And they start. This guy inspires them and they decide we are building a tower that reaches heaven. And they start. And you know what God says? He says, these people, they are of one mind and one language. There is nothing they can't do if they put their mind to it so he says we need to do something he says we need to do something and what did they decide to do come and disorganize all the languages that's how we ended up with all of these things Ruganda, Rusoga, Chinese what, everything God said you know if I don't scatter these guys with the kind of focus they have anything they put their mind to they will achieve now you'd have thought to yourself why does God have a problem with that the problem is these were fallen people so that meant that with the power of focus if they put the power of focus to something really bad they could also do that bad thing very excellently if they put their mind to evil and they are one people with one vision they could easily achieve Things And he would be thinking, oh no, where did this come from? Now I don't think it was really possible that they could build a tower that reaches heaven. Why? Because heaven literally is another dimension. Heaven is not literally the sky. Otherwise, our skyscrapers would have reached there by now. Heavens another dimension, but the idea that there they will be this group of people that are so focused so chasing this one vision that they they literally cannot you know they can't be stopped because of the power of focus that they have and now we see in scripture first corinthians chapter nine verse twenty four says don't you realize I'm reading from the NLT don't you realize that in a race everyone runs but only one person gets the prize so run to win all athletes are disciplined in their training they do it to win a prize that will fade away but we do it for an eternal prize Say says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I don't know if some of you even know what shadow boxing is. You know, in your shadow boxing, you don't really have an opponent. You're just beating the air. Mm? says, I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself must be disqualified and of course if you go on because you need to understand that the original bible did not have chapters and verses you know these were just letters so it goes on i don't want you to forget dear brothers and sisters about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago all of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not indulge, engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Ooh, that is heavy stuff. Very heavy stuff. So Paul writes and says, don't you know that every athlete runs to do what? To win. They don't just run to get a medal of participation. You know, we used to have those ones, everyone, you know, they don't want the the other ones to feel bad. So they at least give them medals of participation. Some of you used to do courses and they just give you a certificate of participation. It doesn't prove that you learned anything. You just got a certificate. You participated, you were there you happen to be there and you had the classes but they don't know whether you got anything sadly there are people in church who have certificates of participation certificates of attendance they show up but they get nothing you just need to ask them one scripture and they can't complete you know i was living when i was living houston coming Um, this guy stops me and they they ask me a couple of questions and um, because they were kind of concerned, they were like, you're carrying too much cash on you and you know Americans don't deal in cash, everything is cards and what. so they get shocked if someone's carrying physical cash. They're kind of like, they're thinking, are you a drug dealer? Are you a terrorist? You know, strange things like that. So he asks me what do you do? I told him I'm a minister of the gospel. He said, Really? What does John three sixteen say?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so of course I answer him and he bursts into laughter and is like, that's what I ask everyone who says they're a preacher. If they can't answer that one, surely what gospel do they preach? But you know the most interesting thing? They are believers in church. Who you can ask John three sixteen. And they know the general gist of it, but they can't actually say it as it is in scripture. To take an exam, to rabbi? <laughs> That's where you normally find trouble. Hmm? But let's not embarrass them on live stream.
0: <laughs>
1: it says, run! To win but remember last Sunday we were talking about the fact that we are not running in competition with others you are in a qualifier when you run a qualifier there's no other cars on the track with you it's just you but you must still drive to the best of your ability to set the best time possible so he says run to win run to win you see it would be such a tragedy for you to spend all this time in church and your friends are out there in the world doing whatever they wish Hmm? then for you in church you're not even doing whatever you wish but you're still not even getting the best that you would get out of jesus you end up being a loser on both ends because at least for them you will know they had their fun and they will burn properly <laughs> having had their fun you on the other hand you are here and you are here and Jesus says I will spit you out of my mouth when you look warm he says I wish that you were hot or cold hallelujah he says but because you are neither I'll spit you out of my mouth he says run to win talking about focus think keep your eyes on the prize you see when you run to win your eyes are on the prize you can't allow anything to distract you you don't have time to allow idle talk to take you off of your purpose for you you came to encounter Jesus and you can't allow anyone to bring their stories and take you off of your purpose so many of us get distracted by people's talk, because people start to comment. Hey, after all this time, you you on your plan. You know what your plan is maybe for you your plan is you've laid your life out plan and you're like you know what i want to first go and do my masters then after i do my masters i'm going to do my phd and then this then then i'm planning to go into research you know your thing Hmm? but there are some people who are putting you on pressure and let me tell you peer pressure is deadly i remember one time i was you know i'm sure all of you have these things school groups on whatsapp eh? The ones for your year.
0: Hmm?
1: And then you're in that group. And one day, this one guy started a trend. He posted his building project I'm finishing my house. And then everyone else started posting their houses. Before long, eh, you can feel the, the problem. Everyone else who is not yet building hmm, is feeling the pressure. Because they start asking, (laughs) I take wound, It's still renting, auntie. Now the pressure is on. Hmm? The pressure is on. And now, because you want to fit in, you start doing things that it's not your time to do. Because you, you have your own path, you have your own race. But now, because the pressure is on to meet people's expectations, you end up putting yourself in things that you can't meet. I saw a young guy on one of our groups. Because, you know, people had been posting all sorts of things. Hmm? My farming project, you know, I'm doing goats now, I now have a thousand goats. You know, all these things that people are eh, putting out there. This guy gets on so much pressure, he starts chasing all sorts of deals. The next thing I knew, he was in Luzira in debt. Why? Because pressure is causing him to lose his focus. He was on a good path. If he had stayed focused on his road and known that I am running my race, he would have gotten there eventually. You're not in competition with anyone else. The only thing you need to do is know where you're going. Because sometimes the problem is you don't even know where you're going. You're just going. You get on the road and you just start driving. You have no destination. Those ones are many also. But if you know where you're going, you need to be like that David Lumu song. I
0: know
1: where I'm going I know my destination because I do therefore I don't allow things to distract me I remember in the early days of this ministry people had every kind of idea for how we should do the ministry you know everyone thinks they can do pastoring better than you You, so you want to ask them why don't you start your own Were you there when God was calling me? If you feel so strongly, go start yours, eh? and do it with those things that you say, and we see your success. Yes, that's what it comes down to. Focus. You go do your thing, and we see. If you are right, the facts will prove you out. Go prove it that you are right. But now people had all sorts of ideas of what we should do. You should do this, you should do that. I had people telling me now you see your problem. It, the secret is in have starting a fellowship in town. <laughs> hmm? You need to find one of those hotels and you do a weekly fellowship. That's how your things grow, man. Huh? <laughs> Oh, you must sing a number of an eguiraba. Yeah, I know to banch in your Okay. Then twenty twenty COVID came.
0: <laughs>
1: twenty twenty COVID came and people couldn't pay rent anymore. Hmm? You who's paced yourself and said, Lord, I'm going at the pace you gave me. You are still ministering you're still online many people are being touched and blessed and i'll tell you something not a single time have have we as a ministry lacked anything not once have we been there and been short and been unable to meet our bills never not once why you have an assignment and you're focused on it. God didn't tell me No, He just told me, go for the lost, the last, and the least. I've given you an assignment like David's cave at Adullam, the depressed, the distressed, the frustrated, the every, make them into champions. And that's what it is. This is a place for champions. Hallelujah there will be a listing of champions at the end of my life eh? like they did with david and these were david's mighty champions there will be a listing that these were the champions that came out of breakthrough but you have to have focus let me tell you we like to read all these motivational books but we miss the most important thing the important thing in there is not the methods Because you find what's very interesting is that every successful person has their own method that worked for them. So, that means even you, God has a method for you. But the thing you find about them is they had a dream. They had a vision. They stuck to that vision. They chased that vision in spite of all the odds. They stayed on it. Even when people spoke ill, whatever happened, they stayed focused. They stayed. Eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize. One of the things that always blows my mind is when you meet young girls who've gotten married and they still have these friends of theirs who are unmarried. And then they are taking all sorts of advice from the friends who are unmarried. Then their marriages start getting into trouble because of the advice of the friends who are unmarried. Why? Lack of focus. Yeah. Bible says cleave. Eh? Live and cleave. Yeah. Build your thing. When Flavia and I got married, everyone had ideas for us on how we should run our marriage. Until we made up, we made up our mind. We said, look, this is our marriage, not anyone else's. We will run it our way. And you know what we are still standing 13 years later we're still standing and it has not been the same path everyone else has gone down it's just focus hallelujah so he says i run with purpose in every step so notice something he's not just running there is purpose there is purpose it's not This way, the other way, try this one, try this thing, then I try over there, then I come back over here. No, there is purpose. Let me tell you what happens when you know purpose. When you know purpose, you will not be moved by mere money. In my career in IT, I I sometimes turned down opportunities that had more money because when I looked at them, there was no path to growth. You see, because something can look like it's more money, maybe even two million more. But when you look at the position, there is no space there for upward growth for you. And if anything, you look at it and it's a parallel move. It is not an upward move. You would rather take the upward move for less money than a parallel move for more money. Because you have to keep your eyes on the prize. You will go parallel and get stuck. And the other person who took less has a path open to them to eventually get somewhere you will never get if you took the parallel move. But when your eyes are off the prize, I knew where I wanted to end up. Of course, that's not where God wanted me to end up. Unfortunately. But I knew those days. I was determined as like, I need to be a CIO. Now, by the time they offered me a CIO job, God had told me, now you serve me full-time. But at least I got the contract, looked at it, and had the opportunity of rejecting it. <laughs> I can say I got the contract, I looked at it, and I said, hey, thank you so much, but I'm sorry. What can we do? Can we increase? Can we add five more million? You're like, no, 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 no. But again, it was because I looked every- I had other opportunities. But you would look at them and you're like, if I go down that one, it looks good. A, there was an opportunity with an international organization at the time. And the money was twice what I was making here. I would have gone, ended up going to, the, they were headquartered in Mauritius, get the job, be there. But when I looked at that organization, there was no room anywhere for growing upwards from there. So I knew, yeah, sure. Here you're getting your. At the time, I think I was earning about seven million, and now these guys are offering you five thousand dollars, and so it looks good. But you know that if you take it, when that contract eventually ends and you come back, you have nothing. You have not added to yourself because I would have left. A management track to go back to a technical track. So you've got more money, but you have not grown on your path. So if you don't have an eye on the prize, the enemy will keep bringing distractions to you, and they will look like attractive distractions, but they are taking you off. The devil is a master tempter. He will even know which things appeal to you the most. And that's, he will bring things that look just like it. You want the money, you want the extra things that come with it. And because you are led of your lusts. That's what happens to them in the next chapter. Where Paul is now writing and saying, These things were written as a warning for us. That our lusts. Because the devil doesn't tempt you with things that you don't like. Hallelujah, Amen. When Hallelujah, you bring something, change a gara. But I have to keep my eyes on the prize. You know, it's very interesting. Every single time I declare a fast. The invitations come. People want to take you out. People inviting you to functions and parties and everything. And they are usually serving the stuff you like. And you have got to make up your mind and say, my eye is on the price. I have come too far to quit now. I've paid too high a price for where I am now. To let this little thing here distract me. You think about these Israelites. They come. You have suffered under a yoke of slavery. Hmm? You somehow survived Pharaoh's slave drivers. They chased you all the way to the Red Sea. You walked through on dry ground. You saw God delivering you. I mean, you drink from the rock. The Bible says they drank from the rock and which rock did they drink from Christ and they ate the food of angels Bible calls manna the food of angels so these guys ate the food of angels and they drank of Christ and they perished in the wilderness because of lack of focus what does he say of them here he says these things are written for us it says that we would not crave evil things as they did yet when you look at what they craved by your normal definition they wouldn't look like evil things they were like banange there was cucumber and chicken in, and fish in egypt god sends them quails they ate the cray- quails and they said coming out of their ears and their noses But what made the things evil? The motives of their heart. You can lose focus because you're so busy. You're craving this, craving the other, and taking shortcuts. Shortcuts. We are prone to them, you know. Shortcuts are attractive. Nobody wants to go the long way. We all want a quick one. A quick path. But God's saying, "Ah, uh-uh, I need you on this path here. Keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the prize. If you have focus and you put your heart to it, let me tell you. And this is something that's very important to note. Because here is how Paul puts it. He says, these athletes are running for a perishing prize. So he's saying, if these athlete athletes, who are running for something that's even perishable, How much more, us who are looking at eternal life, how much more focused should we be if the one who the thing is getting will not even follow them into the next life? If they can put in that much energy, if they can put in that much focus, how much more we? You see, many times the teaching that makes it sound like grace, grace, just relax and flow, misses something very important. If the ones who don't have grace can be so focused that they produce wonders, you who has grace, you should be doing more. If anything, grace should put the onus on you to say, Man, if that heathen can do that, how about me who is anointed? It should be a challenge to you to say man if they can do that without grace how much more should I do with grace hallelujah not this grace hallelujah (laughs) the grace of God that has appeared unto all men hallelujah that one just added a moment of levity there so he says I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Hallelujah. Training it. Training it. Let me tell you, this tells you something. No one automatically becomes able, you know, just to do things. You train. You train. You train. You train yourself to pray. Some of you, you are waiting for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that just starts making you pray for five hours. Let me tell you something. You train yourself to pray. I remember going for my first overnight. And I pissed And I prayed. I prayed every tongue I knew. I passed and prayed every time I knew and I was sure it must be close to morning and only 15 minutes had passed by that point I have prayed for all the nations all the missionaries everything you can think of even the oppressed in other countries and everything I have prayed for 15 minutes only and I looked at the clock I said Lord but there was this one determination I had. Like, uh-uh. I can look around, eh, and there are people praying. However, where they are managing it, eh, I am also staying here. So I pissed. And I repeated those tongues. Over and over again. My tongues were very limited those days. I just had a couple of phrases. And I just repeated the phrases I knew till morning. I knew this one thing should I make the mistake of sitting down in one of those plastic chairs I'm finished I knew but I had to be focused so I said I have to stay on my feet and I have to keep pacing and I have to keep praying and I stayed up like that sometimes I'm very sure that at some point I was sleepwalking but I stayed at it and I came back the next Friday and the Friday after that. Until one day I realized. Wait a minute. I'm actually praying till morning. It was happening. It's like, huh. I, never even, I never even realized. When it was happening. But you train your body. Don't be there thinking somehow. I'm going to lift my hands. They are going to pray. And then man. I am just going to love reading the word. You train yourself. Hallelujah. And training is painful. You may look at me now. eh? But there was a time when I used to be a green belt in kickboxing. Those days. Yeah. Uh, I had a green belt in kickboxing and taekwondo. And that training was grueling. I used to go to a gym. I think it still exists there in Mengo called Powerflex. There was a guy there. He's no longer there. He was the Eastern Central African kickboxing champion. He was called Philip Nduga. He was my trainer. That guy used to take us for road work. You'd go here to Rubaga Hill. Eh? Then you tie a tire, a cut tire here. Eh? Then you run up the hill yes you sprint you slow down you give him a hundred push-ups that stuff was hard it was painful it was a struggle but i kept at it i kept at it until one day i realized i can do this stuff every morning Easily. The first time I did weights. My God. You know how you do eh? bench press. Eh? I woke up in the morning and I was stiff. I was trying to get out of the bed. Eh? Ah. Aye, 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 aye. And then to make it worse, they told me, hey, the only way you can get rid of it is to go back and do the same thing. <laughs> hey. hey! It was hard. But you keep at it, and then you realize a week later that you're now coming and there's there's no problem anymore. In fact, you start adding some more kilos. Focus. Focus. Hallelujah. Then someone tells you, but you see, I reached Tuesday, and breakfast smelled very nice. Eh, my friend, how badly do you want that breakthrough? How badly do you want that miracle how desperate are you for that next level are you willing to do whatever it takes to get it look throughout scripture and you see something very interesting the people who got miracles were people who pushed against all the odds a woman with an issue of blood pushes her way through the crowds saying if only I can just touch the hem of his garment and she pulls power out of Jesus even when Jesus doesn't know she says i felt power leaving me someone touched me and the disciples are like but you people have been pushing against you i mean look at the crowd like no 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 he meant someone touched me in a different way someone touched me in a way that caused power to flow out of me why because she came and she was focused she didn't allow the crowd to distract her for her she knew I am aiming for that hem right there whatever it takes whether I have to crawl in between someone's legs I am getting there because she was tired of her situation oftentimes the people who come for help you know people come for counseling and they want you, you 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 talk to them and you realize something they are not yet tired that's why they still have excuses because if they were really tired they would do whatever it takes but when you listen to someone and you begin to tell them maybe you need to put in some time of prayer and fasting and then they start telling you but you see my job you're like you're not yet tired the day you are more tired of that situation eh, than the inconvenience you will do whatever it takes you're not yet tired when you are properly tired come back as counseling a couple been having issues in their marriage and and i told the lady i said i have only one question for you how badly do you want this marriage Said, how badly do you want this marriage? Said, because if you're not yet at the place where you are willing to do what it takes to keep your marriage, then I am wasting my time with you. Said, because by the time I am done here, you're not going to like me. And because I am going to bash you and show you everything that is wrong with you. So I said, you have to choose right now. Did you come to win? Or did you come to save your marriage? If you came to win an argument, there's no time for you. I, have, I don't have that time. If you came to get helped, that's a different thing altogether. So the question to you is, you want to be a champion. Are you willing to fight like someone who is not beating the air? Let me tell you what it means to fight that way. When we're doing kickboxing, man, those guys did not pull the blows. If, if they told you to put the guard up and you were slow, the guy gives you a proper one. When he taught you how to block the kick and tells you don't use your hands, use your leg, and you are slow, the next thing a guy hits you and your leg is paralyzed and you're like this. And he hits this side and this one's also like this. And you're kind of thinking, I am paying my money so that they can kick me around. Why? You're willing to endure whatever pain it takes because you know where you want to head up. When you are at that point in life, you will not get offended when they bash you. Because you say what? I am being helped. It hurts, but it helps me. You see, sometimes I look back and I actually ask myself, I'm like, what was I thinking? I mean, I was paying my money. Eh? And the guy was punishing me like I'm in school. 50 push ups. <laughs> you, you are a bit slow. Another 25. Man. Meanwhile, I am paying for the privilege of being treated like that. But there was something I wanted then. You see, because up to that point, I had been the, the weakling in school, I was tired of being bullied. I was tired of always being the one who backs down from a fight because I know I can't win. So I came back for that holiday determined. This time when I go back, <laughs> the one who first shows themselves, they will see. So I was willing to endure. So that when I go back, hmm, man, I went back to school, eh? and guys, guys even got afraid. 'Cause I would just show up, eh? You go down to the pitch and you know there's this football, whatever, eh? And you just come and you jump up there, poof. First do like a hundred pull ups. Guys are like ah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: huh?
1: you do some spinning kicks in the field, what? You know that there's some guys watching. <laughs> just intimidation tactics. But if you are still in a place where you say, I came, I need help, I need to go to the next level, and you can take offense when they preach something and you feel like, tomorrow you don't want to come back, you are not yet tired of where you are. Those men that came to David at the cave, everything had failed. Life had written them off. Things were bad. You know, when when they call you the distressed, the frustrated, basically you are the dregs of life. So when they join David at the cave, they have nothing to lose. People who have nothing to lose are dangerous. (laughs) They're very dangerous. After all, you have nothing to lose. They can take any risk the question is are you willing to be that kind of person the athlete who says I must win and because I must win I'm going to beat I am going to beat my body into subjection many years ago I preached for a friend in ginger Crusade. in fact I think the video is somewhere in YouTube There was a girl there, I remember, who had some tumor on her eye and it disappeared. This guy hosted me. He's much older than me, probably 10, 15 years older. Hosted me at this crusade, wonderful crusade. People got saved. He has a church. He has a vibrant ministry. Then the next thing I see, this guy is wearing school uniform. Hmm? White shirt with a badge. And shorts. Why? He says, I've gone back to school. I must get my A-level certificate and when the school told him, if you want to be a student here, you must wear a uniform. The guy didn't care that he has big hairy legs and he's, he's an old guy among a bunch of little kids. He was focused Call him old, call him whatever. For him, he knows what he is aiming for. Two years later, I see the guy saying, USCE it done." I'm like, eh? Yeah. Next thing I know, he has done mature entry and entered Makere to do law. Yes, and I think he recently graduated. Said, my lord. And you need to keep in mind if a guy is at least ten years older than me, that means he's probably 49, 50. If there's good examples here. Peter Sematimba wins uh, MP, then they tell him maybe come are very tricky. Didn't he go back and do Erevo at his age? Do you know that Peter Sematimba is older than Pastor Kayanji? He is, he's two years older than him. He went and did Erefu, Ruachi. Kubanga Chikurachi. And whatever you may say, eh? for him, he has his eye on the prize. People made jokes about the first lady when she went back to school. You remember? Hmm? But for her she knew, I am aiming... To get my staff so that I can run for MP and then I can be on cabinet. She had her plan, she had her prize over there. Hmm? You remember all those things? But for her, her eyes are what? On the prize. She's not letting distractions, people's words, whatever it is, take her off that prize. And then you're there, and you're 26, and you're like, I'm too old for school. Who told you? You just turned 30. My friend, I have people in Houston, in the fellowship, who have kids older than me, and they've gone back to school. Shete karente le brosukata riba. Amen. Amen. I have a friend. He's been a pastor for 35 years. Yeah? Two years ago when I first met him, he told me he was going to go and do a master's degree. Now I'm talking about a guy who at the time he told me that he was 65. He went back to do his master's degree in leadership. And at some point, man, the cabal was killing him. The guy's like, man, this accounting stuff, I can't make heads and tails of it. Hmm? But you know what he did? He came to our house and said, Flavia, I need your help. I know you do accounting. I have come. Teach me. Sat at our dining table. Senior pastor of a big church, by the way. Sat at that table. And Flavia told him. And then he said, ah, yeah, yeah, I have failed it again. Ah, here is where you are. He came back to testify. I
0: passed the thing.
1: He was so happy. Hmm? Focus. Man got his masters. eh? And you know what hit me? I was like, if I had started with him, I would also have one. (laughs) It hit me and said, wait a minute. I have been here the same two years he's been. If I had started with him, because he actually told me, "Let's go do this thing," I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> when he when he when he graduated, I was like, if I had started with him, I would I would also have finished by now." Focus. Don't shadow box. Hallelujah. Don't just beat the air. And it will cost you. It's painful. you know what you want and because you know what you want you're focused lesser focused you don't care what anyone thinks hallelujah a man has ruled us for 35 years because he had focus he went to the bush with 27 guys and he has now ruled us for 35 years over forty now. I don't So, Jigenda is a young girl. You took a name on girl. I'm interested. Over fifty, Over a year, young
0: focus.
1: Amen. Laser focused. Well, let me tell you. There are things, huh? <laughs> They don't come by praying. You make up your mind first. Say this, eh, this is what I'm going to do. You make up your mind. When God sees how your mind is made up, He comes and joins you. Smith Wigglesworth used to say, it. he used to say, if the spirit doesn't move me, I'll move him. And it used to sound very arrogant, but he was speaking about faith. He would come and for him he knows one thing. What does his word say? He, carry, to gain. Man got a dead man and raised him up and said, In the name of Jesus, leave. Dropped the guy, the guy just dropped down again. Picked him up again. In the name of Jesus, leave. He's hanging the guy off the wall. People are looking at him like he's mad. The guy drops again. He picks him up the third time and is like, I have told you once, I have told you twice. I'm telling you one more time, live. And the guy sneezed and lived. I have confidence in God for miracles because I was stubborn. At 21, I prayed for a tap that had no water and told it, "You will give me water." And I prayed for it seven times. Meanwhile, everyone was laughing at me like I'm nuts because there was no water in the hole of what was it? What's it called now? Zimbabwe hole, North Court then. And you pray, no water. You pray again, 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 no water. Until finally I said, I speak to you, hydrogen and oxygen. I command you to combine and become water in this tap now. And then I turned the tap and water flowed from one tap only. All the others were dry. But let me tell you, that thing, after that I was like, huh, okay. You insist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am not quitting until I get my miracle. I am staying on this thing. I know your word says, therefore I'm not quitting. My eyes are on the prize. Shallow say predatory bosa. I have a friend, the Lord told him he would go to the US. He was denied a visa seven times. When they gave him the eighth time, they gave him ten
0: years. <laughs>
1: Come at Tolimo in Kanyakara, Abata, Abata Mania Kusava, Boba, Janibaba, where all goes so can the and Grumble and complain. Focus. Focus. We could spend a lot of time grumbling and complaining, Lord, we've served you. No, focus. You don't quit. I mean, you think of a David. Samuel, the top prophet in the land, anoints you. In front of your whole family and the whole town. And you would think now I'm set for life. And guess what happens? The first thing that happens is they send him back to the ship. Then when he shows up at the battlefield, the brothers are like, Now you, what have you come to do here? Then even after you kill Goliath, you're playing for the king and the guy gets a javelin and tries to kill you. Because he's jealous. Instead of being in the palace, now you start living in caves running from him for the next 15 years. Actually, for the next 25 years. David could have quit. He could have. He had relatives in Moab. Yes. High-powered relatives in Moab. Because he was descended from Ruth, a Moabitess. In fact, at the time when he was fleeing into the wilderness, he took his parents and took them to Moab, to the king, to keep them and protect them. So he could have also stayed in Moab. But he has focus. He knows what God has said. And no amount of obstacles along the path can keep him from what God has said. says i discipline my body like an athlete are you disciplining that body of yours hallelujah hey now let me tell you next week for me i'm going to start exercising some extra discipline i was telling people here was it on sunday for me, it's all right. If you are not yet there, it's all right. You can keep doing our three days per week that we are doing for the next uh, the four four weeks remaining. Yeah, no, three weeks remaining. Yes, well, this is what this was week four. So we have three weeks remaining. You can keep doing the three days. It's all right. There's no problem. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Yeah, but me, starting next week, I said no. Let's take it to the next level. Twenty-one days. Let's go non-stop fluids why man i want different results i want different results he has said he's crowning the air with a bountiful harvest man i want my bountiful harvest and i am looking and i can feel these three days every week i'm I'm not positioning me enough So I'm, I'm saying, no, I must place a demand. I'm going to push harder. I've met people and they're like, Musumba, lay hands on me and I also flow in the same anointing. I'm like, Gund, you think it comes like that? Where were you when we were fasting a hundred days? Hmm? if it came just like that eh, we would all just go looking for men of God lay hands on me and I do what you do it doesn't work like that no it doesn't yet at the same time your attitude must be right because after you've done those things you don't be thinking you earned you still understand that it is grace that it was grace in the first place that even gave you the desire to seek him it was grace in the first place that then empowered you to pursue. But the thing is, grace requires your cooperation with it. It doesn't take you over and make you do things, take your hands and your legs and make you do things. You do them. Hallelujah. So, yeah, that was an invitation to those who want to join me starting Monday. Hallelujah. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong if you feel tomorrow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't be there feeling very guilty. Hallelujah. Yeah, because the word God gave us an instruction. Said three days every week for seven days. That's the instruction He gave us. So you will still be within the very instructions of, of God. Amen. Yeah, I'm trying to make sure there are none of you that then begin to beat yourselves, um, fragulate yourselves, bonered You know. Hallelujah. Yeah. But if you're one of those who says no, go ye. I'm tired. I want more. If you're one of those who just says, I want more, then you will say, you know what? I'm focused. I'm going to do more. Because If you want results that are different from everyone else, then you need to do something different from what they are doing. Hallelujah. Amen. I won't go much deeper into the next, you know, chapter 10, because that will maybe be for Sunday, I don't know, depending on where the Lord takes us then. But the biggest distractions we get... Are things we enjoy. Ask yourself, you know, why the devil doesn't tempt you to pray. <laughs> he doesn't tempt you to fast. He doesn't tempt you to give. Hmm? Uh-uh. There's no one who will tell you the devil tempted me to give a big seed. <laughs> And I stand here who never messages <laughs> and get you under the temptation. Yeah. These people, there is a way. I like the way the King James puts it. It says the people rose up to what? To eat and drink. No, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And God calls it idolatry. Why? Because it's all about themselves and their senses and indulging their senses, their sensuous pleasures. And God's saying that's the idolatry that makes you perish in the wilderness because you're so focused on your flesh. And satisfying it you miss your higher purpose and calling we've been called to more we've been given so much and therefore much is expected of us he's given us his very spirit there's nothing more precious God could give us than his very spirit that which literally also gives him life because God is spirit. So he gets the very source of his own life and gives it to you. That's why the life of God is what lives in you. Because he gets his life. There's nothing more precious than God that God can give you than his own life. But he gets the very thing that is his animus. And says, I'll pour it upon you. It is by that same spirit that he created everything we see. There's a spirit hovered and brooded upon the waters that spirit and through that spirit he's able to speak and things happen let there be let there be and says now i'm getting that same spirit and putting him within you you can't be given such power and produce solid saying the power is available No wonder the scripture is so clear. He says, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think according to the power that is at work within you. Within you, there is such a treasure. There is such an incredible anointing. There is such an incredible store. And God... If you will let that power be at work within you, he is able to do what you never imagined. But you have to let the power be at work, not at rest. It's about putting it to work. Putting it to work. How do you work it? You work it in prayer you work it in prayer you exercise it you exercise this body you beat it into subjection with fasting you like you flesh you like food too much I need to subjugate you a bit hmm? sometimes that's what's keeping people from excellence, too much Rolex. So the flesh is too strong. Even when the Lord wants to talk, the food is talking louder than God. The appetites are too loud for you to hear the Spirit. Where you'd have been hearing the Spirit, you're belching. Just belching away. And the Lord's saying, ah, 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 You need to subjugate that flesh. Beat that body into subjection. So that you may run to win. Run to win. That means in every area, run to win. At that workplace, eh? run your race until you're the most excellent person there at the examples the bible says these things were written for us as what as examples hallelujah let's look at daniel daniel had a secular job don't be fooled he had a secular job to make it worse he was the chief of the witches and the wizards you can read your bible probably and you will see that daniel was made chief of the what? the astrologers Eh. and he led the astrologers with exodus he became the best one of them of course for him he was operating by the power of the spirit but he was the chief of the astrologers and he's so much that they are just like there is a man here now they are telling Belshazzar. there is a man in whom is the spirit of the gods is what the mother said the days of your
0: father
1: wisdom and excellence were found in him send for him the man shows up and interprets tongues. in the old testament mene mene fasin. and says ah can the nimi you've been weighed and found wanting your kingdom shall be divided among the mids and the passions Man, can you imagine? you hear how many sentences came out of just three words? Mene teke rufasin. Huh? But the number of paragraphs. You've been weighed and found wanting. Your kingdom shall be taken <laughs> out of like. You have no idea how powerful your tongues are. You might be there and all you can say is. Ribaba, ribaba, roboko, ribaba. Ri. Man, you have no clue that maybe you are saying so much more. And by the repetitions, not bad. Even the 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 hand that repeated, repeated many, many. Yet, one instance of many meant a different thing from the second instance of many. That's how spiritual languages are. They are so profound and so deep that you can express very many things with three syllables. Many, many take care of person. Hallelujah! I remember one time before I knew how to speak in tongues, I was like, "I was always really mobile." Many, many take care of We were a bit when we are young. <laughs> but there's so much in there, and you have no clue. God empowers you so much. He blesses his own spirit, then even gives you his language, the language of God that creates. He says, now, let me even give you utterance. And then you fail to use the utterance. You go to bed and sleep, like I've given you utterance that creates, I've given you utterance that turns things around, I've given you utterance that directs the course of nations given you utterance that changes people's lives. I've given you the kind of utterance you have no clue about. I mean, from three words, the course of the whole kingdom was changed. Say that very night Belshazzar was slain and Darius the Mede took over. Three words. (laughs) Mene mene tekerufasin. hallelujah amen but let me tell you how do you think Daniel became chief of the astrologers he was focused he put in time when they say that there is a man in whom is excellence look at it this way his co-workers wanted to find fault with Daniel so that they can get him demoted and they tried everything and failed. That shows you how excellent the man was at his work. You know when people are trying to set you up and they fail? You are so meticulous. You have all your eyes dotted and your T's crossed. They can't find anywhere to point a fault at you. Because of your excellence at it. We are being called to that level. And there is no way you can operate at that level when you lack focus. Your eyes are here. They are over there. You are getting distracted by this, that, that and the other. You can't focus. You've got to decide this is where I am. This is what God has called me to. This is where he has called me to. And I am going to focus. And do my assignment. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why the Bible says a double minded man. He is unstable in all his ways. He says such a man should not expect to receive
0: anything
1: of the Lord. Why? Because double-mindedness is lack of focus. <laughs>
0: Hallelujah. stand up. Breakthrough
1: Miracle Life meets every Wednesday in Lunguja from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday for Bible study from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And on Sunday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. For more information, call or WhatsApp 0704-008989.